Hey friends, welcome back to the Intentional Living and Leadership Podcast with me, Cal Walters. I'm so excited you're here today, and I am so excited about the content of this episode. You're going to hear an interview that I did with my good friend and someone who inspires me. His name is Ryan Brents. Ryan's just awesome, and I could go on and on about Ryan, but I'll try to give you the cliff notes of why I think Ryan is just incredible. First and foremost, Ryan is a person of strong faith, and you'll hear him talk about that during this interview. Also, Ryan is an incredible incredible husband. Really, as awesome as Ryan is, somehow he found a way to marry outside of his league. She's an incredible woman. He's also a father to an incredible little girl. He grew up in the Dallas... Fort Worth area in a suburb called Plano, Texas. Ryan's the oldest of three boys, and I've had the privilege of meeting his entire family, his mom, his dad, his two brothers, and all of them are just incredible. In fact, I'm not sure that I've ever been around a family that radiates as much joy and love and kindness as Ryan's family, and I think that's a big part of why Ryan is the type of person that he is today. One of the cool things, Ryan grew up playing big-time Texas football. For someone like me who came from a small school in uh, North Carolina, the idea of Texas football, Friday Night Lights, is really cool to me. And Ryan lived that out. He played actually for his dad, who was an incredible coach. His dad is currently the athletic director for the Plano Independent School District. But before that, he was the head coach for the Plano Senior High School for 16 years. And under his dad's leadership, Plano Senior High won the Texas 5A State Championship back in 1994. Can you believe that? I mean, that's Texas football, Texas State Championship. Incredible. His dad was also named the Texas Coach of the Year in 93 and in 2005. And somehow during all that time, his dad found the time to also write three books. So Ryan comes from an incredible family. He's got an incredible dad. You'll hear him talk a little bit about his dad and the inspiration that he was to him. Ryan's also a West Point graduate. That's how he and I got to know each other back in 2008. Ryan also played Army football for four years. In his senior year, he won what's called the Black Lion Award. And it's incredible. It's not any surprise to me, and I'm sure not any surprise to anyone that played with Ryan or knows Ryan. But the Black Lion Award, I'm just going to read it. It says it's intended to go to the Army football player who best exemplifies leadership, courage, devotion to duty, self-sacrifice, and above all, an unselfish concern for the team ahead of himself. And again, it was no surprise to anyone that knew Ryan because that's the kind of person that Ryan is. And I think that's the kind of person that will shine through in this interview. Also, Ryan went to Ranger School. You hear him talk about that during this interview. He went to Airborne School. He attended the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare School. Ryan served in the Army for eight years. He got out of the Army back in 2016 where he went on to take his talents to the business world. Also, Ryan served previously as an aide to a commanding general. And he also served as a civil affairs officer. So, hey, sit back, enjoy this interview. I got a lot out of this interview. In fact, Ryan and I went into some topics that I didn't know about Ryan, and I was inspired by this. I was inspired of Ryan's willingness to be vulnerable, his willingness to share some of the really the key things that helped mold him into the person that he is today. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Ryan. I hope you enjoy it. Ryan Brents, welcome to the podcast, brother. Calhoun, what's happening, man? So excited <laughs> Dude, to be here. Oh, man, I'm so pumped to have you here, man. Thank you for getting up early and doing this. So for those that, for those listeners, I'm in Virginia right now, and Ryan is in the Dallas, Texas area, and it's 6 a.m. where I'm at. So it's what, 5 a.m. there, Ryan? 5 a.m. I got my coffee, I'm in my office, and I am just so pumped. <laughs> 
to be with my brother oh, Calhoun. Well, I love it. What time do you normally get up? I'm just curious. I get up every morning at 5.15. And wow. that I have to attribute a little bit to my wife, a lot to my wife, who is a first grade yeah. teacher. So she gets uh, to her class early every single day. She's an intentional oh, person wow. as well. And so it's just a great time for both of us to be up and getting going for the day. But also it kind of helps wow. me get into my daily rhythms. So uh, I'm thankful for that. Dude, I love that. When we were we were going back and forth about a time to do this, and when you were like, "Hey, let's just do 5 a.m. my time," I was like, "Oh my gosh, who would ever suggest that?" But that's totally kind of life I like to live too. Get up early, get the things done that I know are going to be tough to get done during the day, uh, and we'll probably talk a little bit about that mindset as we weave in and out of different topics. We're going to do that today. I'll cover. We're probably going to cover anything from servant leadership to living an intentional life. I want to kind of dig into some of the things that make you, Ryan Brents. I've talked before on the podcast about how important it is to surround yourself with great people. And I consider Ryan not only one of my best friends, but also someone who really pushes me to be better. I think it's important to surround yourself with cheerleaders, which Ryan, I mean, you are that to me. You encourage me. You make me feel bigger. I don't feel like you're someone who tries to compete with me. I always feel like you're rooting for me. But also, man, you push me, which is awesome to have in a friend. And so I just encourage you guys, find people like that who not only make you better, but also are cheerleaders. In fact, Ryan, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but I vividly remember being inspired by you all the way back in 2004, man, 15 years ago. Really? Yeah. Tell um, Tell me more. Tell me more about this this time. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, mean, I don't remember a whole lot from this. So this is when yeah. Ryan and I were both freshman plebes at West Point. I was someone who walked onto the football team. Ryan was actually recruited and a real college football player. I'm just someone who walked on and, and kind of backdoored it onto the team. But I remember, yeah. you remember how it was back then. Freshmen were struggling through life, plebes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. day-to-day life. But I just remember being on the field during practice feeling sorry for myself. And then I look over at this dude, Ryan Brents, who's a safety. And this guy's given 110% every play, every day. He never let up. And I was just like, man, what is up with this dude? How does he do it? And I just remember thinking <laughs> is this myself, crazy? <laughs> I just remember thinking to myself, wow, if he can do it, I mean, I guess I could at least give a little bit more effort, at least not feel sorry for myself. So I just remember vividly looking at you and just being like, man, I I wish I could be more like that. And I guess I'm sure a lot of people were inspired by that. And I know that eventually as a senior, you won the Black Lion Award, which really highlights your leadership on and off the field. I mean, that was when we were 18, 19 years old. That was a level of- just babies. That was a level of grit that you had at a, at a really early age. So I, as we kind of start this, I guess the first part I'd love to dive into, when you think about Ryan at 18 years old, what made you or who made you that way? Yeah, that's a great question. The backstory of kind of what you saw on the field when we were at that age, it's not so glamorous. <laughs> I'm definitely proud to be looked at as a hard worker and a, and a hustler and all those things. But really, to kind of go back in my life, there were things that shaped me into that for good and for bad. And so I'll kind of just give you a brief rundown. I grew up as a Texas high school football coach's son in Plano, Texas. And so that's a suburb in North North Dallas. 
And for those of you that don't know about Texas high school football, I mean, it is the real deal. Um, <laughs> and I am, we are right in the midst of it in Plano, Texas. And so growing up there, my dad, he moved from a tiny town in southwestern Oklahoma. He grew up on a farm and he was a football player. He was an athlete and he wanted to get out of the farm life and the oil rigs. And so, man, he knew football. So he wanted to come to Dallas, Texas, because that was the closest big city and he wanted to be in football. Yeah. And so he put all kinds of applications out there and he got picked up by Plano, Texas. So wow. when he came to Plano, he was just very humbled to have the opportunity coming from a tiny town in Oklahoma. Yeah. And so he worked his his butt off. He got to work in the air conditioning. It wasn't at least when he was watching film, he wasn't necessarily out on a farm. Yeah. And so he put in the work to really get to know the the playbook and the system. And that really paid dividends because he ended up becoming the head coach pretty quickly after coming to Plano. And so wow. as a coach's son. I was always around the field house, the practice field. Yeah. I, I got a first look into what it took to be a, a leader of a football team. I really got to see my dad firsthand on and off the football field. And from a leadership perspective, it was just the, one of the best experiences for me to shape me into who I am today. And so I know you're going through uh, the Servant Leadership Series, and I'm absolutely loving it. And I kind of wanted to speak to a couple of things of how my dad operated on and off the field that really influenced me. Yeah. And so growing up watching them, I got to see some leadership principles that I didn't even really understand at the time. But now looking back, I really see how impactful they were. And the first thing that I wanted to talk about is my dad, you know, and this is from a young age, seeing him in action. My dad really stood up for what he believed in. Yeah. And the, the first and foremost thing uh, that was most important to communicating to his players was putting God first in their lives. Yeah. And it's kind of a controversial thing. I mean, particularly now, it would be very sensitive. Back when he was coaching in the 80s and 90s, it might have been more common. Yeah. But regardless, it just was a very uh, courageous thing. But it came to a point for me, I mean, everyone, it was just kind of common knowledge that my dad was going to talk about it. And I think that's really important because your followers want to see that you're passionate about something yeah. and that you're consistent with it. And it really is who you are. And my dad showcased that. It's really funny. I wanted to tell a story just before kickoff on Friday nights. He always told his players the same thing. The most important thing for them to do was put God first in their lives. And uh, there was this time that right before it was a rival game, my dad was getting all fired up, making this passionate speech. And he went on and on about how the team, we need to be physical. You know, we need to hold on to the football. We got to play great defense. And then he looked at one of the players right in front of him uh, in the huddle and he asked him, hey, all that is important, but hey, what's the most important thing of all? And the player looked at him very calmly and said, put God first in your life, coach. And my dad just stared at him for a few seconds and then said, I'm getting to that. Yeah. But right now I'm talking about yeah. the kicking game. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I can just picture that. This is before my time as a ball boy and everything, yeah. but... No, that was the first thing that came to this player's mind yeah. was like, oh, I got to put God he first. So my dad's like, yeah. So I just think that was really important. And that obviously influenced me in my walk with God. He stood up for what he believed in. Another thing that my dad, he knew the difference between power and influence. Yeah. Here he was as a, as a head football coach for a powerhouse Texas high school football team. But he knew that he had an opportunity 
to be influential in these kids' lives. You were just talking about when we were freshmen, 18, 19 years old. Think about these kids. They're, you know, 15 through 17, 15 through 18. I mean, you talk about a huge pivotal time in our lives yeah, for development huge. into our, into the character of who we are. Right. I love this definition of influence. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character development mm -hmm. or behavior of someone or something. Mm -hmm. And I just saw my dad by the way he led, he had conviction in what he believed in. And he also was very intentional about building relationships yeah. with all of his players, regardless of their talent or their position. He wanted to make sure that they knew that he cared about mm -hmm. them. And so I saw him being very tactical in the way that he tried to form relationships with different players on and off the field. And so that obviously stuck out to me as a kid watching. What were, some, what were some ways that he would do that? Like when you think back, what were some tactical ways you saw him build relationships? Well, one thing about my dad is that everyone knew what to expect with him on the field. And that kind of goes back to him growing up on the farm. He would always tell me the stories about when he was a little kid in Oklahoma, you know, on the weekends, his grandfather, his uh, grandpa Barney was his name. And grandpa Barney was larger grandpa than life, Barney. six foot seven. Oh, wow. He was tall and tall and rangy yeah. and, you know, an intimidating figure. Yeah. But he would pick up my dad in his in his truck and, you know, on their drive to the farm, man, he was the nicest guy, like most easygoing, loving grandfather that you would expect. Wanted to know all about my dad's week and just had built a great relationship with my dad. But as soon as they got to the farm and he turned off that engine, man, it was go time. It was time to work. And so my dad oh, always man. laughs because he was, it was like a transformation just took place. And it wasn't like a, in a toxic way. He was just, man, this is serious business. We're going to get to it and get to work. And that's what they did. And my grandpa Barney or great grandfather Barney held my dad accountable to that. And then as soon as they were done with farming, they would get back in the truck and go home and here we go again. He's like the, the nicest, most loving grandpa that there could ever wow. be. And so my dad, he brought that mentality to coaching football. It, at first, obviously people, if you're a new player on my dad's team, you're probably like, what the heck? <laughs> this guy's like Jekyll and Hyde or something. But his players knew what to expect. And so going back to your question, I mean, I would see him before and after practice I would see him putting his arm around players. And, you know, these are guys, low, low guys on the totem pole that were never wow. going to play. And he was asking about their day that. and, you know, their classes and what, what are they passionate about? Wow. And That's I just awesome. saw him interacting with the, with the star players and the guys that you never even heard about and all, all in between. Mm. And then when they got on the field, my dad was very hard. He was a stickler to the schedule and keeping us on, uh, on track. And if whoever made a mistake, he was going to let you know about it. And usually it was the mental mistakes, things that are, were just fundamentals and basics that we wanted to perfect. If you were messing up there, he was going to mm -hmm. let you know about it. But it was never in a demeaning way or, like I said before, a toxic way. He never cursed at his players. Um, they just knew what to expect. Wow. You know, he set, the, he set the bar high. And so when you talk about servant leadership, you, I think there's a, there's a, a balance, yep. right? There's this like fine line between making sure that people know that you care right. about them, but also holding people accountable. Yep. And I think if you're able to find that good balance, man, you're going to get awesome results because people want 
they want leadership and they want to be known and yep. cared for. And when you get that combination, man, you can have awesome Dude, results. I, that is incredible. Like how cool one to see that growing up. I think that for all of us, just take a moment to really highlight all the lessons from what Ryan just said there. One, building relationships with every player. I love that. It's not just the star quarterback or the star running back. I mean, he is making sure every person feels like a part of that team, which is incredible. And I think a lot of us as leaders, and I don't know, Ryan, you could probably relate to this. We probably tend to gravitate towards the people on our team that do the most work or maybe people who relationally we just get naturally, you know, maybe people that who our personalities jive with the easiest, but I love how your dad was going and, and talking to every single player. And then to your point, Ryan, like I love, you're so right. The relationship that is built off the field allows him to push those players on the field, but they know that he cares. Sometimes yes. when, when we think of servant leadership or people that maybe haven't studied it, think that servant leadership is like this weak type of leadership where you just let people run all over you. But really it's the opposite. And I think you and I agree on this, that it's pushing people to be their best and then building the relationship by serving them, by caring about them, by listening to them, by getting to know them, learning what really motivates them. So how cool growing up getting to see that, man. Yeah. And I mean, it was unbelievable. And I don't even think I really understood yeah. everything that I was learning, obviously, until much later. But I want to go back to what your question was, was, hey, who is Ryan <laughs> Brintz, this crazy hustle <laughs> guy uh, at Army, oh, man. Army Dude, football? I'm serious. You were, a, you yeah. were impactful. I honestly can say, and this is not hyperbole, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone give that type of effort day in, day out. We're not talking about you know a regular college where your job is to play football. I mean, we're at West Point where you've got all these other obligations and you're out there on the field just just really standing out, man. I was impressed. Well, I, I, I attribute that to I was very humbled and felt just honored right. to be there. I mean, it was United States Military Academy at West Point. What, what an honor to be able to play Army football. And so I didn't take that for granted. Yeah. Um, but the, kind of the backstory on my whole effort and how I approach things from a, from a work ethic standpoint, you know, obviously my dad had a, a big impact because I saw what a hard worker he was and I followed his lead, but it wasn't all glorious, like I said. And so with all that I just talked about growing up in the field house as a coach's son, I get an opportunity to play for my dad, which is, you know, that's a dream. For me, it was a dream. And for most yeah. people, that would be a dream. So I got as, a, as an underclassman, I got to play as a sophomore and a junior and we had my sophomore year, we had a really good year. We got pretty deep in the playoffs. My junior year, we did not have a very good season. I think we won four okay. or five games. But my senior year, you know, I, I had high expectations for myself and for the team. I was blessed to, to get voted captain for that team going into the senior year. And so it was this real special thing. You know, here I am. I'm my dad's yeah. oldest son, the captain of the football team. It's my senior year, really fired up. But we start getting into the season and we knew we didn't have a ton of talent that year, but super high expectations yeah. and excited for the year. We, we start getting in there and we lose our first couple games and we, we keep going and we just start having a really hard mm. season. And, you know, I'll just get to it. We ended up going 0 and 10 wow. my senior season. And, you know, honestly, like I, I don't think I ever told you that until uh, just <laughs> this week when we kind of prepped mm. a little bit for this podcast. My senior year, we went 0 and 10. And I had a lot of guilt and shame with mm. that for a long time. But with that being said, I think being a leader 
it's so important to be able to go through adversity and kind of navigate how to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, we all go through it, but as a leader on that team and then, and then witnessing my dad um, as the leader of our team, that is kind of what gave me this grittiness mm. and this edge of just going back yeah. to work. It, it was so difficult, Cal, losing every game on Friday night. And I remember having to, to show back up to yeah. practice on Monday and we had a decision to make. Either we could sulk and just give up and be like, well, we're, we're losing every game. Like, why even try? We're not going to make yeah. the playoffs, obviously. Like, this is, uh, what are we even shooting for? You know, I saw my dad and you know, he had so many successful seasons before that. And he approached it the exact same way as if wow. we were undefeated. He just kept going back to yeah. the, the Plano basics. Let's go back to the fundamentals. Let's go back to what we, we can control and let's get back to work. And so witnessing my dad do that, that made me wow. want to follow his example. And so especially as a captain, I was trying to set the bar by by being positive, by being hardworking and sticking to the fundamentals. And so that's what I did. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. And I, I definitely was struggling internally with that. But my whole mindset was, hey, these teams aren't going to beat us because we didn't give everything that we had. And as my dad's son and the, the captain of this team, like I'm not, I'm going to give, I'm going to leave it all out in the field. And, you know, that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but when you're losing every game, I mean, that was the mentality that I just grabbed onto and it, that started to become who I was. Like I, that was what I wanted to represent. And because, you know, at the end of the day, blessed to yeah. play the game of football, we're blessed to be there. Um, I was honored to be playing for my dad, to be part of Plano football, and then to transition to Army, to get a chance to play at, for Army football. Shoot, why wouldn't I give everything that I have? I mean, I'm just lucky and blessed wow. to be here, you know? So I really attribute it back to that. That's kind of you know, <laughs> why you saw that crazy person out yeah. there. First of all, thanks for sharing that. And, and you're right. I never, I never knew that about you. And, and, you know, honestly, when I hear that story, I, I don't think you obviously have anything to be shameful of. I think that how cool to show up every day, every week, even though you're losing the game, you're living that principled life, you're coming to work, you're putting in the effort and how cool of your dad to model that for you. I bet now, as you look back on that experience, you probably were blessed more by that experience than had you gone 10 and 0 because of all the lessons and grit that you absolutely you learned from that. So I just, one, I think it's awesome that you're willing to share that. And two, I think it just highlights how much what we would consider failures in quotation marks end up really being some of our biggest gifts, I think, if we take the time to, to learn from them and if we don't give up. And I think maybe maybe there's a listener out there, maybe you're going yeah. through that proverbial 0-10 season right now. And I think just don't give up. Keep showing up, keep getting after it, keep living by principles and not by emotions. And maybe this moment that you're going through right now ends up being one of your greatest blessing. Are, are there any other big, yeah. I guess, just moments of adversity you think that have really shaped you and who you've become? Absolutely. I, I think about an area that really sticks out to yeah. me is, is ranger school. I remember you on one of your first podcast episodes yeah. talking about your experience there at old uh, Darby <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and mountain phase and the swamp phase of ranger school. And that's the thing is I think God was really preparing yeah. me for the road ahead because I have a, had a lot of adversity to go through at West yeah. Point 
playing army football, being commissioned as an officer and going into the army right out the gate. I experienced some extreme adversity, putting my, my skills to the test by going to ranger school. You know, when I went to ranger school, I didn't have to go, uh, you know, Cal was an infantry officer. So it was kind of expected that all infantry guys went to ranger school. I was in artillery. And so I did not have to go, but I wanted to go through the challenge. And so I went there and I just wanted to bring that grittiness and that hardworking attitude to the table. I knew that I had a lot to learn, uh, yeah. especially from like a tactical standpoint. But I also knew that it was a leadership laboratory, one of the highest levels of leadership or training yeah. that you can get in the world. So mm. with that mindset, I was excited to learn. But I got there and man, I was humbled very quickly. I thought I was in the best shape of my life. And I was, but yeah, right. you know, when you're not getting anything to eat or barely sleeping, yeah. uh, there's so only true. so much uh, how long you can go. And so everyone's kind of on the same play, uh, level playing field. And then you get to a, really the, the leadership aspect and you get put into a lot of leadership positions and you get evaluated. And I would say for me, Cal, like, even though I, I had this grittiness and this work ethic, I think that started to become my identity. And I really wanted people to maintain this idea yeah. of me as being such a hard worker. And when that wasn't really paying off for me, when I when I saw that I wasn't getting uh, the results I was hoping for, it, it kind of yeah. felt like I was just falling short. And at ranger school, it didn't matter how hard I worked or the hustle that I showed. I was just so beat down physically that we were all in the same position. So then I just kind of started feeling yeah. uh, inferior a, a little bit. And I, I, start, I was really struggling with my identity. Like, who am I? What am I counting on that people for me to feel good about yeah. myself and to feel accomplished? And anyways, with all that being said, I ended up failing a stage of, of ranger school. And there was a long gap before the school started up again. So I had a serious decision to make on if I wanted to stay there or not. And it was a pivotal moment in my life. I remember being in the barracks with all the failures, the people that didn't get to go on to the next stage. And I was really thinking about leaving. They actually have this form in ranger school called oh, the yeah. LOM yeah. form. And I don't know if you remember this, Cal. Yep. It's called yep. the lack of, lack of motivation form. Essentially to leave ranger school. And I wow. had said in my mind that I was going to sign that bad boy wow. so uh, the next morning. In and your mind. Like you were, you had I was point. that serious. Wow. I had, it, I had it in my mind. And I remember the night before that I was in the barracks and I was in the corner on my bunk bed. And I was just having a pity party, man. And I was feeling sorry for myself. I was like, I'm, I'm going to leave tomorrow. And I remember this so vividly. And this was such a pivotal time in my life. I remember uh, across the barracks, there was a mm. guy that I just kept hearing him talk about God, God this and God that. And um, he was very clear and convicted in what he was saying. And I couldn't shake it off. So finally, I went over there and I was started listening to what he was talking about. And this this young man he, who had mm. also failed this portion of ranger school, he was talking to another mm. Uh, ranger student who was an atheist and this atheist was just badgering him about you know all these questions and why this why that and this guy's mm -hmm. name was chris chris was so calm and secure in his answers and he was passionate about it you know and that, so i saw him communicate mm -hmm. the gospel and what he believed in such a clear way 
And here he was in the same boat that I was, and he was just joyful about sharing what really meant so wow. much to him. You know, talk about standing up for what you believe in. And I remember the atheist finally saying, ah, you know, whatever, this is stupid. And he just walked off. And I was right there. And I just looked at Chris and I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't know what you wow. have, but I want that. And, well, and he, he was just like, like, what the heck, man? Why are you, you listening in on my conversation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're creeping on me, man. You're creeping on me. But uh, no, he didn't say that at all. He was excited. He was excited that I was listening wow. and I got a chance to talk to him about my situation. He listened very intently to me. And after hearing mm. me out, he was like, Ryan, thank you for sharing. I was like, he was, he was like, Hey, you can either leave tomorrow, like you're thinking about, or this is an opportunity. If you really want to grow closer in your relationship with God, that I can, we can go through scripture together and we can really build each other up mm. going back into ranger school here in a few weeks. And, uh, I'd love to do that with you. And I was like, Man, absolutely. Like, yeah. I just needed someone to come alongside me and support me and, and be there with me. And so that's what we did, man. We started meeting in mm. the laundry room out of all places at Ranger School and like going through the, the Bible, wow. going through the Book of Romans. And of course, everyone had to do their laundry. So people <laughs> yeah, would come in yeah. and be like, what the heck are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. And so we, we grew from just us two to by the end of our, I think it was like three weeks that we had to wait. We ended up going from like, two to three to five to six. Oh I think we ended up wow. with like 10 to 15 other Ranger students in our, in our Bible study. And so I saw the power of God move. And I remember at the end of that yeah. three weeks that I just felt peace. And I finally felt this peace of Ryan, you don't mm -hmm. have to strive so hard. Like you don't have to strive to get approval from other people. God, he, he still wanted me to give everything that I had, but my identity wasn't based on mm. that. It was based on my relationship with Christ. I, I'd always heard that and kind of knew it because growing up in the church and in my family, but from a personal standpoint, I hadn't experienced that yet. And so when I went back into ranger school, I just had this steadfastness and, and peace about me. And it was still extremely difficult. And I ended up still getting yeah. uh, no-goes on some of my leadership positions. But ultimately, mm. God was gracious in getting me through that school. And at the end of that school, when I graduated from Ranger School, I knew that I mm. wanted to make a, a true personal commitment to Christ. And I had an opportunity to get baptized wow. <laughs> on the day I gra graduated from Ranger what School. A day. And, oh my that, God. and that was in front of my family that was there. And it represented so much for me, Cal. But that was really a turning point in my life that kind of transitioned me from this crazy, hardworking, gritty attitude that I, you know, I was blessed to have that within me, but I, it wasn't, the energy wasn't going in the right direction, I don't think. And now after going through ranger school, mm -hmm. I still have that within me, but the focus and the perspective mm -hmm. is towards my relationship with God. And, and striving for him and not for others. And, you know, I think about that verse in Colossians, Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all yeah. your heart as working for the Lord and not for others. What an incredible story, man. Thanks for sharing that. And I think, I think it, again, highlights how Absolutely. if you're going through something tough, if you're going through adversity, it sucks. And I don't think that any of us in the moment would say, oh, I just, I'm so thankful that I'm going through adversity. 
But I think all of us, when we look back, if we reflect on it properly, we can pull the lessons from these experiences that really shapes us into better people, into better leaders. I'm sure now, even in the business world, Ryan, you probably can pull from a lot of these just experiences as you live out your life. Thanks for sharing that, man. And I, so I want to ask you, and one of the cool things, again, going back to Ryan, just being a real encourager to me, ever since I started this podcast, Ryan has been someone who's reached out to me very intentionally to encourage me. He also is someone who I think relates to a lot of the stuff that I talk about on here about living an intentional life. And it's also been neat to walk on this journey with Ryan because he shared with me a lot of the way that he lives our life. So I was wondering, Ryan, if we could just dive in a little bit to talk about where you're at today. Some of the things you do today to live an intentional life. So would you, would you mind sharing some of those tips and habits that you have, those routines that you, you employ on a regular basis? Absolutely. I think it's been such, it's been so, uh, such a blessing for me to hear all of your podcasts. Uh, obviously as one of my best friends, I just, it's just fun, but what you're going for is just so important. You know, this intentional life, it's about going yeah. on the offensive and being proactive with the way that we right. live our lives. Cause we only have one. And so we want to, yeah. we want to make no it doubt. Down. There we go. There's the, the tagline. And so for me, kind of where I am today, there was one. Yeah. One episode that you talked about a life mission statement, the importance of really developing that. And I had already uh, developed one beforehand and it was in the, my notes section wow. on my iPhone, like way back, like a few years ago. And so that made me go back to that uh, mission statement and really look at it and reflect on it. You know, is this something that I'm really living out? And is this what I want to, how do I want to portray myself and shoot for? And that was a great exercise for me to come up with, you know, really refine that mission statement. And so I was able to do that. And while I was kind of going through that exercise, I was yeah. also reading this book yeah. that was called The Power of Consistency by Weldon Long. And essentially, it's what it sounds like. It's about finding the the main things in your life that you want to be consistent with and enact on a, on a daily, weekly basis to kind of keep moving the needle forward and keep growing and developing. And so it was kind of interesting timing how it came together. And I got really great clarity in that moment uh, in the in the mm. book, The Power of Consistency. They that. talk about having this daily review where essentially you have your you write down things that are important to you. And every single day you take 10 minutes or however long, five to 10, 15 minutes. And you review the, these things every day because it really cements it in your mind so that you actually go out mm. and take action. And I was like, man, I want to do that. Yeah. And so I remember having a conversation with you and I called you up and I was telling you about this. And I was like, man, I'm going to put together this one page sheet and it's going to be my daily yeah. review. And I think that was a few months ago when we had that phone call. And I'm here to tell you that I'm, I am still wow. doing that. And it has been yeah, a game changer it. for me. And so just to kind of give you a quick look, awesome. I'm going to give you an a inside look yeah. of uh, RBZ's uh, daily review here. So okay. essentially what I have, and I'm looking at it right now, I'm in my office at the top, it says, mm -hmm. Hey, private affirmations dictate future actions. You know, that's a quote. And I, I think that's really powerful. And so my life mission statement mm -hmm. is to honor, glorify and enjoy God mm -hmm. from moment to moment in all that I think, say and do. I live my life rooted in Christ. And this is seen through the way I intentionally love and serve my family 
the church, and those around me, mm. knowing that my ultimate home is with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that kind of sets the tone for how I'm living my life. You know, hey, big picture, how I want to live my life. Now, then I broke it up. You have kind of like your guiding principles. Like what are some other areas that really you want to maintain as you interact with people, as you go about your day? Mm -hmm. A lot of these come from my, my dad, honestly. But first and foremost, I have a quick verse. It says, this is from Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost mm-hmm. commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as mm-hmm. yourself. So that's like the most important thing for me that I want to do. But then guiding yeah. principles, I have dealing the truth, you know, be honest, be thankful and faithful. Don't take yeah. things for granted. Just get started, get some momentum going, trust your instincts, do what you say you're going to do. Keep things simple. Consistency beats volume. Create an environment where people love to be around you. And then finally live your life in 24 hour prayer just throughout the day. And then finally, it talks about breaking up. What are the big buckets in your life? The areas that you know, are critical for who you are as Ryan Brents or Cal Walters. For me, my spheres of influence are my, my personal life, Mm -hmm. my, my relationship with God, uh, my family. Uh, You know, I have a beautiful wife and and daughter, my job. um, You spend so much of your time at your work, my relationships outside of my family, my, my friends, Mm -hmm. my loved ones. um, And then finally my church. So those are my big buckets that I have written down in each of those spheres of influence, influence, you know, different ways I want to be tactical about moving the needle forward and staying consistent with doing the things that I know are important. (laughs) You know, I I, I say this, this quote, keep the main things, the main things. Those are the main things for me. Essentially, I have these practices that I want to be consistent with. And I have a little like a habit roadmap that Mm -hmm. I write out the things in each of these buckets that I want to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And I I stay committed to it. You know, I I look at it in the morning and then I do it during the day. And then I come back at the end of the day. And as I plan for the for tomorrow, I also reflect and look, hey, did I hit these things that I wanted to do? Did I pursue my wife and my daughter? Did I spend quality time with them today? Mm. Did I make my calls today in my job as a, as a business development manager? Did I get in the word today and spend time with the Lord? You know, these are all areas that I have written down that I'm, I'm being uh, intentional about pursuing. I would say that I was doing all these things beforehand, Cal, but this just gives me a model to continue moving forward. And so so I say all that. Sorry for the, the long speech there. Well, there's mission statements in business. There's mission statements in the military, but oftentimes we don't, we don't lead ourselves the way we lead an organization or a team. Oftentimes we just forget, like we have to lead ourselves. And I think that it highlights the difference between the important things and the urgent things. I think often when I think about what are truly the important things in our life. Oftentimes, the way I would define it is that the, it's the things that if you neglect it long enough, you're going to have regrets. So for example, if you neglect your fitness long enough, you're going to have regrets. If you don't spend yeah. time with your, for you, Ryan, your daughter and your wife long enough, if you don't invest, you'll look up, you know, in 20 years and you'll be like, man, I wish I had done that. Or if you don't invest time in your relationship with God or, or whatever it may be, 
But if you neglect it long enough, you'll regret it. And I think you're so much more likely to do it when you're intentional about it. If you just think that you're going to wake up in the morning and you're just going to kind of passively live the life that you want to live. Unfortunately, that's just not how most of us are designed. That's just not how we tend to live our life. I think we're much more likely to, to do the things that we really care about if we do what Ryan has done. So thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's really encouraging to me. And I think it probably is encouraging to a lot of people and a very practical way to kind of take those big principles into what you said about doing that daily review, prime yourself for the day each day by looking at it, reminding yourself, because it's also true, whatever's in the forefront of our mind tends to be what we end up executing on it. Love that, man. Private affirmations dictate future actions. So like you said, get it in your mind, review it. We all have great intentions, but we need to turn intentions into action. And so this has been a way for me to be intentional about reviewing it. What's in my mind, I already know in my mind and my heart what I want to do, but I need to review it and prime myself to go and take action. This is kind of wrapping up a series that I've been doing on servant leadership. And Ryan and I talk a lot about the podcast throughout. When I started to do a a series on servant leadership, Ryan was like, how awesome, man. I actually work for a company, TD Industries, who really models servant leadership. Their day-to-day, their company mission highlights servant leadership. So Ryan, I was wondering if you could just speak generally about what some of the things you've noticed. Uh, Also, I think your dad is a great model of of servant leadership. So you've really grown up surrounded by this this type of leadership. But are, are there things as you kind of work for the company that you work for today that you've noticed that they do well uh, and that really stand out to you about servant leadership and practice? Yeah. So TD Industries, we're based here in Dallas, Texas, and it's an employee-owned company. It's got a rich history. It originated in 1946. And so it's been around for a long time. And being an employee-owned company, it's grown from the tiny company in the 40s to where it is now. I think we have like 2,700 employees across the state, but we're an employee-owned company. So we all have a vested interest in partial ownership of the company. And so in order to do that, it's so important that we stand true to a the core values of the company and the overall mission. And uh, a key ingredient of that is we all need to be leaders. We're all leaders of ourselves. And I think the best way to be a leader is to be a servant leader. And so really TD Industries, that's the, the cornerstone value is servant leadership. Everyone that comes into TD Industries goes through a servant leadership class. And with that, we all have face to face quarterly reviews with our leader. And within that, we get an opportunity to talk about servant leadership and how the leader thinks that we're portraying that and how we think our leader is portraying servant leadership. So there's accountability there. And based on the teachings of the class that everyone goes through, we're we're keeping accountable to that. And so, you know, I know you've talked a lot about what are some of the main principles of servant leadership, but in our, in our course that everyone goes through, the main areas that they focus on are what is a servant leader? They're a teacher, a source of information, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're also a standard setter, more than just givers of direction or a disciplinarian. Yeah. Uh, so it's about that relationship and teaching and growing people. It also talks about leaders see things through the eyes of their followers. So they put themselves yeah. in other shoes to help make yeah. their, their dreams and goals come true. 
Uh, I think that's an important thing that it, it hits on. And then another one is, hey, they're your people builders. Servant leaders are people builders. They help people to grow because the leader yeah. realizes that the more people grow, the stronger the, the whole organization will be. That's another area. And then the last one I would hit on is that leaders keep their eyes on on goals. You know, each of us have to create smart goals. Yeah, they keep us accountable with that. We we ask each other about that. And in order to, to commit to those goals, we have to be self-starters and self-leaders. So we got to create action plans and set them in motion. You got to be people of thought and action. So servant leaders, it's about having the the heart and the mindset and perspective of your followers, but then also making sure that we take action, we create plans and goals, and then we hold people accountable. So with all that, I, I think it's been an awesome experience being with with TD Industries and seeing yeah, that in action. It's not perfect. Right. No company is, no organization is. But when you have a model like that to follow, uh, I think long-term, you can have awesome results. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not perfect. And I've said before on, yeah. the, on the podcast, you know, so the servant leadership model is not the end all be all to leadership. But I think we need, just like in life, we talked about with those principles, we need as leaders principles to kind of anchor us in the, I think, often very difficult and disorienting world of leadership. I mean, you know, there's a lot of pressure to meet. I'm sure, Ryan, you know, you have things you have to meet on a regular basis. You, you have numbers, you know, you've got a mission as a company. But if you have something to kind of anchor you and remind you, okay, the people are important. We got to invest in the people. Yep. We got to build people. We got to serve people. Although kind of going back to tying it all the way back to your yep. dad, the difference between power and influence, influence is built in those moments. You know, influence is built in those yep. relationship building moments. Yes. Power is just the leader saying, hey, I'm the boss. Yes. So do what I say. But that's not real leadership. And that, that might work for a month or two, but it's not going to build a lasting legacy exactly. uh, for the company. And the same is true in a family. The same is true in a football team. If you want to build a legacy of leadership, one that endures beyond the short term, that's where I think the servant leadership model really has its benefits because you build those relationships. But dude, man, I got so much Adam, just listened to you talk today. So I Absolutely. hope and I'm sure that the listeners today did too, Ryan. So thank you so much for getting up early, for taking the time to share all of those nuggets. And I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot more that we could have covered. So thank you. Ryan did reference for, for those of you that are listening, maybe for the first time, Ryan did reference uh, a couple other episodes of the podcast. I think it was episode two of the podcast where I first talked about a life mission statement. And then I also talked about it on episode 10, I believe of the podcast. So if you guys want to go back and listen to those, uh, you'll, you'll get a little bit more about forming a life mission statement about the, you know, the principles of that. Uh, I think, I think in episode 10, I share my part of my life mission statement and Ryan, thanks for sharing that today um, with everyone. And I do, I do want to ask, and I want to thank anyone that has, subscribe to the podcast. So if this is the Sorry. first time listening, I, I sincerely appreciate uh, you subscribing. Uh, give us a, a rating, a review on iTunes. It just helps the algorithms for the podcast. And Ryan, again, man, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for, for being here today, brother. It, it really means a lot to me. And I know I mean a lot to people that were able to listen. Man, it's honored to be on uh, this podcast. Wow. It's my first podcast, man, that I've ever been on. Uh, what better way than to be with, with Cal? So, man, I'm just so excited what you're doing, and I just want to encourage you because this is awesome, man. 
Well, brother, thank you so much, man. Those are kind words, and I think it's the first of many podcasts for you. You're just someone who inspires me by the way you live your life every single day. I think you make the most of it, and that just highlights for all of us as we go out today. Let's make the most of today, because life is short. we got to make it count. <laughs>